two years ago, I was sitting at the bar at Restaurant Alma, having a glass of wine, a little bite, and I struck up a conversation with the couple next to me. Turns out they were in town from Chicago, and I asked them, what brought you to the Twin Cities? And they said, well, this, actually. We love to eat and drink in the Twin Cities. You have a great food scene, you have a great wine scene, you have a great cocktail scene here. And I asked them, you're from Chicago. Why Why are you coming here to experience that? Chicago is awesome. They said, yeah, Chicago is great. But there's something about the food and the drink scene here in the Twin Cities that we simply love. So this is our go-to place to escape for a weekend. I thought that was really cool. A year before that, I was in one of our local fine wine shops, and I bumped into a guy from New York. He was in town for business. He came to the Twin Cities on a regular basis, but his cart was filled with really interesting wines brought in by some of our local importers. And I asked him, why are you buying all your wine here and you just have to schlep it back to New York? And he said, because these are wines I can't find in New York. I've got a bunch of wine friends. I'm a wine nut and I love popping these bottles because nobody in my state can get them. And I love to show them off to my friends. Those are a couple of examples of the stories I've heard that lead to today's episode number one of the Twin Cities Wine Podcast, Why Our Wine Scene is Awesome here in the state of Minnesota. We'll get into it in just a second, right after a word from our sponsor, The Wine Workshop. The Wine Workshop is our online wine education platform, and we are super proud of it. It's a fun, interactive, snob-free setting for learning about wine. It's a place you can learn at your own pace. We founded The Wine Workshop to bring down the barriers of wine learning, eliminating pretense, having more fun, bringing you topics relevant to you as a wine consumer. We're having a great time with students around the country and even around the world, and we'd love to have you join us. Learn more at thewineworkshop.net. That is thewineworkshop.net. Hope to see you there soon. So why do we have such a great wine scene in the Twin Cities? Well, I think there are five key reasons. We'll start off with reason number one. Our wine scene is awesome and incredible because of strong, local, independent wine retailers. The other side of that coin is that we don't have wine in grocery stores. So this is really important because when you have wine in grocery stores, big grocery stores and big chains play the big game with big wholesalers and big wineries to play with big numbers and sell loads of wine, but without a local personal touch or connection quite often. And what I mean by that is that an independent fine wine shop is meeting with the local wholesalers and the local importers and taking pride in finding the obscure corners of things. But if a wholesaler brings in only three cases of a particular wine because that's all they can get their hands on, you better believe that a gigantic grocery chain can't bring that wine in. It's not even worth it to them to only have 36 bottles in inventory. So, what happens in a state like Minnesota is that the rise of the independent fine wine shops not only grows, but is also very solid. You go to other states that do allow sales in grocery stores and you notice a lack of independent fine wine shops. They, they are out there, don't get me wrong, but it's not like we have around here. When you go to states like Illinois or South Dakota and you see the wine in the grocery stores, it is really kind of a different scene in those states because 
you cannot find the local little wine shop that is surviving well against the big grocery stores. It's just a different game. So in the Twin Cities, we have these great independent stores. And, you know, it goes all the way back to right after Prohibition when Haskell's and Surdick's first opened up shop and continues all the way through the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s with, you know, France 44 establishing themselves on 44th and France with uh, little tiny fun weird shops all over the place. You know, Excelsior Vintage out on Highway 7. Of course, Solo Vino opening up as the first wine-centric independent shop, like only wine at first, on Selby Avenue on Cathedral Hill. Little family-owned stores all over the place. Thomas Liquors, Zips Liquors. New kids on the block. We're talking about, you know, Stinson Wine, Beer, and Spirits up in northeast Minneapolis. Domachin over in Stillwater. North Loop Wine and Spirits in the North Loop area of downtown Minneapolis. All over the place. And even just kind of your local liquor store is also a good fine wine shop quite often. I'm thinking about First Grand Avenue on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Thinking about Sunfish Cellars down in Mendota. And then when you get out to... The fringes out on the kind of the outer suburbs, the rise of top 10 liquors has just been incredible to watch. And their wine selection is just killer. They're just doing an incredible job at top 10, finding gems and bringing them to people. And then we have the stores that are connected to grocery stores, but with local connections and, of course, with a separate entrance and such forth. I'm talking about Kowalski's. We're talking about Lund's and Byerly's. There are all sorts of great independent wine shops. And here's what I really mean when it comes down to independent wine shops. They meet with the local wholesalers and they find the gems. So if you go down to Cork Dork Wine Company on Cedar Avenue, down toward Lake Nokomis, Russ Fay, the owner is down there and he tastes through the wines that are presented to him and he has specific customers in mind. And if you're a regular there, you walk in and Russ says, hey, I found something new for you because I know you love Vermentino. And all of a sudden, your wine world has expanded. All of a sudden, you have an advocate out there. This does not happen at the big box stores. This does not happen at grocery stores in other states when they have wine departments. It's very, very rare to have a wine steward on the floor that's really doing the job of finding stuff for you as a consumer. So reason number one, it's our scene is awesome because of our strong and independent local wine retailers. All right, so reason number two why we are a great state when it comes to wine and our wine scene is awesome in Minnesota and the Twin Cities in particular is because we are a strong B market, but we are not a saturated A market. So here's what I mean by this, and I learned this while I was working on the wholesale side for many, many years and talking to a lot of the winery reps and import reps that would come in from around the country and around the world. And we just talk about the Twin Cities and we talk about other cities that they were selling wine to. When you're selling wine in Chicago or Miami or Dallas or New York or San Francisco, you're fighting a big fight with big forces and big personalities all over the place. Everybody wants in on the big A markets. So when you're talking about trying to get a wine by the glass at a restaurant in Chicago, you know, partially because it's Chicago, you know, you end up in a situation where there are favors, there's pay to play, there's all sorts of things that go into getting that wine on the list. And sometimes it has nothing to do with the quality of the wine. Now, I'm not saying that that never happens in the Twin Cities. There are plenty of restaurants that are guilty of the same kind of a thing around here. But when you're talking about the big markets, you get the 
big players going in there and really muscling people out. So when you go to drink wine at a restaurant in Chicago and you go up to the North Loop, it's just crazy to me how many restaurants have like basically the same wine by the glass list. You can just tell who's going through there and establishing ground and you know, buying placements is what I assume is happening. And it's just really kind of sad. And then you go into a market like New York and yes, there are wonderful, small, weird, quirky wine bars all over the place. That's awesome. But it's also a big city that's trying to play the big game. So here's what it comes down to. Some wineries that simply don't make enough wine to try to play that game in New York or Chicago or Miami or Dallas or San Francisco kind of skip those markets now. They're hitting places like Kansas City or Cleveland or Minneapolis and St. Paul. And when they come to the Twin Cities, they can really establish themselves as a presence, even though they're not very big. A really good example of this is Rosé. Rosé is fascinating when you look at the numbers because 35% of all Rosé that is shipped into America is sold in New York and Miami. New York and Miami account for 35% of all rosé purchases in the United States. So if you are producing a billion cases of rosé, you got to be in those markets. But if you're only importing, say, 50 cases or 100 cases or even 500 cases, you're really not hitting those big markets because those big markets would either sap up all the wine right away just for themselves and you'd have no distribution, or you are simply trying to play against bigger forces than you really need to. So wineries like that come to places like this and they are able to bring us the gems. The gems are found in the B markets, not in the saturated A markets. And wineries like that will grow roots in the Twin Cities. There are so many brands that oversell into the Twin Cities and they barely sell to the big cities. It's really, really cool. All right, this is fun. So now we're on to number three. So reason number three that we have a great wine scene in the Twin Cities is because we have a disproportionate amount of great small importers that ship wine directly into Minnesota as the first landing spot in the United States. It really is amazing how many wine importers are located in Minnesota compared to other markets. We have wine importers galore around here. And part of it is that it's easy to become a wine importer into the state of Minnesota. The process of getting the importation license and such forth is pretty streamlined. Uh, there are some people that have done it just as a hobby on the side, but eventually maybe growing that into a business. There are many local distributors that started off as importers only. So in Minnesota, what's really cool is that you're able to have what's called an importer distributor license, meaning that the, that a distributor who sells the wine directly to retailers and restaurants can, with the proper paperwork, bring in wines from other countries directly to our state. But the coolest part of this situation is that a lot of these companies don't do a full importer markup on those wines. They bring the wines in, they land, and then they get distributed out to the retailers and to the restaurants. So effectively what happens is that some of these wines are selling for about 30% less than what they realistically should be selling for because there's, there's little to no importer markup 
in that equation. So therefore, the bang for the buck factor is huge. We'll do a whole episode just on the psychology of wine pricing at some point, because that's a whole fascinating subject that I love to talk about. But let's start with this. If you are used to seeing a wine on the shelf for, say, $14.99 a bottle, and you're buying it and you're enjoying it and you're having fun with it at $14.99 a bottle, that's a great $15 bottle of wine. And then the next time you go to the store, it's suddenly $20 a bottle you immediately make a judgment call as to whether it should be worth that or not. But if it goes the other direction, if it starts off at 20 bucks and then you show up and it's $15, all of a sudden it's on sale. So what's interesting here as far as the wine importers is that there are plenty of wines out there being sold in our local fine wine shops that are priced at 10, 15, 20 bucks when realistically they should be 15, 20, or even 30 bucks a bottle. So it's super cool. Some of these importers are known to some of the consumers. We'll be doing interviews with some of these local importers as time goes on. But people like the wine company in St. Paul is a leader in this category. New France Wines, Bourget Imports, uh, Joe Kotnick up at Worldwide Cellars. Um, there are a bunch of them in town here that bring wine directly into the Twin Cities, and they're the ones who are actually doing the legwork on the ground, oftentimes in Europe, to find those wines. There are some great stories out there in terms of our local people in Minnesota traveling to some obscure village in the backwater of France and meeting a family and tasting through the wines and handshake agreement lay out the contract, whatever it is, to bring the wines directly into Minnesota, oftentimes as the very first point of contact in the United States. It really is a fascinating part of the business. We have a disproportionate number of those importers here in the Twin Cities, which is really, really cool. I can't wait to share more of these companies with you and the people that are behind them, because that really is a driving force in our local wine scene and why it's so awesome. The last thing about this topic is that some of these wines that come in are not on the radar of the big mega national box stores. And so therefore, if those wines are not on that radar and those big box stores are not working with the local distributor to find the gems in the portfolio, guess what? They never show up at the big box store. And that ends up with wines going to places like North Loop, Solovino, Thomas, Zips, Excelsior Vintage, all the great little wine shops in town. Dave over at Bright Wines in North St. Paul is one of the greats when it comes to sussing out wine lists and wholesaler lists and finding these gems. There are particular stores that really emphasize the local import connection. I'm thinking about France 44 and South Lindale in particular. Those two stores do a great job with local importers, as well as Surdix and Haskells and North Loop Wine Spirits. They all uh, concentrate very, very clearly on those ones. Solovino as well. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, but the good local independent shops really embrace the local import market. All right. Reason number four that we have a great wine scene in the Twin Cities is because of the new young sommeliers that are all over the place here right now. Now, let's go back about 20, 25 years when I first got into the wine business here in the Twin Cities. There were no sommelier classes. There was no accreditation available regionally or Actually, I think nationally. Uh, if you wanted to get the accreditation of the Court of Master Sommeliers, you had to travel to Europe at the time. There were some other programs that were out there that were uh, dishing out the title of sommelier, but it's, it's 
unregulated, uncontrolled, and kind of back then completely disorganized. Fast forward to present day, and the Court of Master Sommeliers, the Society of Wine Educators, the um, International Wine Society, there are all sorts of groups out there that are helping to organize high-level professional wine education and accreditation. In the Twin Cities here, we have many local sommeliers that are on this bandwagon, on this track, and they are supporting each other. They are helping each other study. They are doing amazing things in terms of driving these connections. Uh, Alex White over at Monello is a local leader. Greg Karlstrom, who was over at Cedar Stone at JW Marriott, he is one of only two advanced sommeliers in the state right now. The other one being Tristan over at Demi and Spoon Stable. The advanced sommeliers are helping bring up the certified sommeliers. The certified sommeliers are helping to bring up the people that are interested in sommelier programs. We have uh, wonderful programs being taught by Nikki Erpelding over at St. Paul College. And then I like to think that the classes we do with Twin Cities Wine Education are helping this along as well. There are some really great people out there in the local wine scene, but this young energy is something that I want to emphasize because they have banded together, because they are supporting each other, because they are helping meet new goals and helping to push each other into more education and more knowledge. Shar Peterson, who has worked with Twin Cities Wine Education for a couple of years, is a great example of this. Shar has studied hard. Shar is a certified sommelier. Shar as a result of her positions in the local wine scene, knows everybody, and she's happy to introduce people to who she knows. It's a very inclusive group. And so as you're going to restaurants, as you're going to wine shops, as you're meeting some of these younger people that have just this fresh spark of energy when it comes to wine, that is our local wine scene really doing its job and these people are the drivers i really can't wait to see what happens in the future because they're just doing a hell of a job all right reason number five why our wine scene is awesome in the twin cities is because of our love of seasonality so yes i believe that having the extremes of weather that we have in minnesota makes us enjoy wine more of course, you can have a great wine scene in a place with a more temperate climate or more consistent weather. San Francisco is a prime example. Portland, of course, as well. Um, but there's something about that first glass of Sauvignon Blanc on the patio after being locked away for five months in the winter of Minnesota that is just so good. It makes the wine taste even better. There's something about being at a lake in Minnesota on the dock hanging out with friends and popping a Pinot Noir or popping a bottle of Chardonnay to go with the walleye that you caught that day. There's something about drinking Cote de Rhone in Minnesota in October. We had the most beautiful Octobers and Mays than anybody in the entire country. Spring here is incredible. Fall is incredible. Cote de Rhone and October is one of those things for me that is just perfect. And that comfort of drinking port in a Minnesota winter, when it gets down to minus, you know, 400 degrees or whatever the temperature might be at that time, 
there, there's just something wonderful about it. It's something that you cannot experience in the same way if you're in San Francisco. And so it's really fun about the Minnesota wine scene to me, the Twin Cities scene in particular, is that the season seasons are embraced by the public and we seek out wines very attuned to the weather because that is what we do in Minnesota in terms of topics of discussion. Hey, what's the weather like today? That is always kind of the main thing that we talk about. And that's great. I love it. When it comes to enjoying wine in the Twin Cities and why the Twin Cities is awesome, I think it's partially because we are attuned to the weather more so than people are in other states. I always love to think about the fact that Minnesotans get a little bit nervous if the weather is the same for like two or three days in a row. And I don't want every day to be the same. I want variation just like I do with my wine. And so that to me is the Number five reason that we have a great wine scene in the Twin Cities, we can thank the weather. All right, that wraps it up for Twin Cities Wine Podcast episode number one. Thank you so much for listening all the way through. We look forward to bringing you more fun information about the Twin Cities wine scene. Thank you for joining me on the journey. I'm Jason Carlson, and we'll pop a bottle soon. Thanks. Thanks.